Hi, we're the Real Moms of Bravo, where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. We know that moms live a hard life balancing kids, work, and all the Bravo shows, so we're here to help recap all of your favorite drama. Listen to Real Moms of Bravo wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And this week, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 3, Not Even Close Encounters. The episode where Sean and Gus eagerly help on a case involving an alien abduction. This was such a funny episode, I forgot. I actually forgot completely about this episode. It's really good. It's really funny. It's, like, up there with one of my favorites. I can't wait for you all to listen. The beard, it almost deserves its own podcast episode. The hair looks great. You're a very, like, this is a, the spring, the spring look, the glasses, all, it's a good look for you. Thank you. I'm trying. Beard's like, it's a little splotchy and color-wise. I like but, it. But um, I'm dealing. I got to get a cut for Detroit. Oh, what's happening Detroit. in Detroit, Tim? Oh, just you and I podcasting the shit out of it live in front of an audience of, psych, of amazing psych fans. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Next month. Next month. It's like literally almost exactly. Actually, it's like a month away. A little less than now. May 20th, everybody, in Detroit, Michigan. The psychologists are in Take Detroit. Cannot wait. I will be. Tim, do you know that I had to have a root canal this last week? I'm totally fine. Not just one, but you had two. I know. I had two. And uh, yeah, two. I went in for one and I got two. And my cheeks are still. I've never experienced like the tooth itself is like the, it, it's like one tooth is bugging me more than the other. But like if you see me doing this during the podcast, it's almost like I had my wisdom teeth out when I I've never been so chipmunky after I'm what? Just gonna say it just takes me back to us driving back or to from work to set. You having just had your your wisdom teeth taken out and you're you had such swollen chipmunk cheeks. I think I have a picture of it. So I got my wisdom teeth. <laughs> oh, this is a funny story. I don't have to tell this whole story, but like, I don't want to, like, I avoided for my wisdom teeth being put under, under. So I just opted for, you know, the numbing stuff and laughing gas. And everyone thought I was crazy, but I ended up being fine, except that it made me very, very chatty. And, <laughs> but my mouth was open. So like, I remember they would like ask me if I was okay. And, you know, they just check in to be like, you feeling anything? You feeling anything? And I'd be like, so I'm not kidding. It, to the point where he said, you're very talkative. And I said, oh, you have no idea. I had no idea. Ask my boyfriend. He's in the waiting room. Because <laughs> James had to pick me up, poor thing. It was a very, very, very funny experience. Anyway, you're right. Because we went right back to work after that. And I that swelling, I'm just like, I think I'm like a sweller. And so it just doesn't go down for a little bit. This was last, what, Thursdays? And I'm still swollen anyway. It's our second uh, Adventures with Dentistry episode we've done. Uh, That's right. Because you had one too and you were still kind of numb. And we had to make sure you weren't spilling water down your shirt. I was not still kind of numb. I was completely numb. Like up into my ears were numb. Yes, I was too. I was too this time. I had never felt that before. I couldn't like feel my earlobes. That's so funny. And we have the same dentist. Of course we do. (laughs) <laughs> of course we do. Of course we do. He's so sweet, Dr. Shemla. This is a Dr. Shemla shout out. Shout out Dr. Mark Shemla. Dr. Mark Shemla. Anybody in LA who needs the finest dentist in town, mm-hmm. go see Beverly Hills Dr. Mark Shemla. We love him. Also, you know, for those of you into this sort of thing, he's a very handsome, suave Frenchman. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. 
<laughs> He's so nice. He's just so nice. Well, Tim. Maggie. Tim. Are you, we, are you ready to podcast the shit out of it? I am so ready to podcast the shit out of it. I don't know why I said it so quiet like that. I don't know. It's, I, let's give, let's, I want a little more enthusiasm. Tim. And I, because and I, no. I, I, I also brought mine back low. Tim, I need you to focus because I have a very important question to ask you. I'm here. Okay. Wait on me. Are you ready? Am I ready to what? Are you ready to podcast the shit out of it? Uh, doy. <laughs> I haven't heard doy in a my long fr- time. My friend uh, and co-star of, uh, of a little romantic indie I did called Wild Honey. My co-star, uh, Rusty Schumer, has been on a mission to bring back doy. To replace the current duh. Oh my God. Do we do it? Does it happen here? Is this going to be the new Pepto pink? Do we need to get merch um, or do we need to see if it catches on? I don't know. I don't know if anything can ever um, replace Pepto pink. I don't know. Doi is pretty good. No doi. No doi. So in answer to your question, Margaret Cassidy Lawson. Yeah. Yes. I am so freaking ready to podcast the shit out of this episode with you, my dear friend, because I miss you and I'm so, ex- I'm just, I'm always excited to talk about the greatest show in the world and the greatest job of my life. I miss with you my too. Dear friends. And I'm excited too. And I will tell you, I completely forgot about this episode. I'll like, tell you why. Why? Because we don't have, we have like, you and I have virtually no interaction in this episode. You know what? Just one little bit, but, um, yeah. Which is why it's not one of my favorite episodes. However, even though we don't have stuff, this is what I am kind of surprised by, is watching it back, it's a really, really, really good episode. Two pretty, one of the biggest laughs I think I've ever had ever in an episode, it was in this one. And while I'm sad we didn't have a lot of stuff together, I feel like you are so good in this. And the scene you have with Henry, remember we were just talking about this the other day about like characters we wanted to see, like have scenes together. And I even forgot, I mean, it's a very quick scene, but you guys have a scene together. I don't know. I actually thought the effects, I thought that this was incredibly shot. I thought it was very funny and completely, I don't know, I like it's, we don't talk about it that often. And so I was just kind of happy. I was, yeah. Hey Maggie, what episode are we talking about today? Oh, yeah. Maybe I should tell them. We're talking about episode three, not even close encounters. Encounters. <laughs> Which even that, even the title is making me laugh. Mm-hmm. Directed, I got to say, by um, the legendary John Badham. Hence Written the by- incredible effects. And it actually has a little bit of like an, a throwback. It reminded me of like, space movies or fun adventure movies in like the 80s and it was very cool and that's uh so it was john badham it was written by bill callahan and shall i go to my first um since we're already off to the bat should i go to my first secretary's of separation with john yeah tell me i didn't even i didn't know you had one so john directed my very first episode of supernatural Mm. and then ended up doing six episodes of psych not one but six episodes of psych yeah he did a Bunch of psych. And yes, he directed your first episode of Supernatural. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, so prior to our day on set, John and I had got to have dinner together and sort of talk about what we want to do with this character of Kane, who became a really iconic character in the um, Supernatural uh, mythology of the show. Any Supernatural fans know what I'm talking about? I just saw that you're doing a Supernatural convention. 
Yeah, I do a lot of this. this no, I know, but you're doing another one very soon. You're doing one. Where did I see? It's Philadelphia. Pittsburgh. Uh, no, that's Pitt- that's not specifically a supernatural one. That is. Um, oh, I thought it was specific. Yeah. That is Memento Con in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the first weekend in August. Amazing. So fun. You're like very good at this. Um, more fun when I'm doing it with you. If I'm going to yeah, be totally honest. I, I want to do more of them with you. Hey, um, let's, let's do Motor City Con in May. Yes. That's happening in just And while weeks. we're there, we could podcast the shit of it. And when sh- we can talk about what we can now say, what episode we're going to be talking about on stage live. We're going to be discussing the psychonic glory that is Psych the Musical. Yeah, we're so excited. We are so excited. And we're we are going to have, I feel like we're going to have a couple dedicated episodes at some point to uh, to the musical when we get there. But we wanted to do something really, really special for, this will be our first like live show at a convention and we did Sketchfest, which uh, it was so lovely to see everybody and we just couldn't wait to do it again. And so we wanted it to be a very special episode because You Can't Handle That episode was so psychonic and special to do. We were like, how do we match that? How do we give the people what they want? And so we picked the musical and we're so thrilled. All right. I think that's all of our special announcements for this episode of The Psychologists Are In. Tim, I know you got this. The pineapple setting? Yes. You didn't get it? I never get it, Maggie. You know this. It was behind James's. So the very first time they go into like the space closet at Freddie Prince Jr.'s place behind James's head in several little part of the scene, several shots. It's like an air freshener that's hanging on a trophy or something. And it's here's why I never get the pineapple sightings. Because I'm always too excited to watch the episode and laughing. I know. This one was so, there was almost like a light on it, so I couldn't help but see it. And I got so excited because I never get them. Speaking um, of pineapples. Oh, there's a pineapple. And speaking of conventions, I was just in New Orleans, Louisiana, at a supernatural convention. And Jedi pirate, lovely Megan came and Love. gifted me, gift, actually gifted Mabel with a pineapple squeaky toy, which she's already <laughs> oh my just, God, you know, that's so cute. like we gave it to her yesterday and she's already destroyed it. Oh my For god. For those that of you not so watching the Patreon, I'm holding up the ravaged pineapple. Oh, that is so, so And it's so already cute. just down to scraps. I shook them right now. Look, she has great taste. I have another bad oh, yeah. psych connect psych connection. Yes. Or a psychic connection. So John, and let's just go over some of the films he's directed. Well, first of all, he directed what was the Franklin Jella and what is the Franklin Jella Dracula. Which oh, was, yeah. I, I think, the very first rated R movie I ever saw, which my really? cool older sister, Anna, took me to in Seattle. And she also took me to see The Meaning of Life in the same movie theater. So I think Batam directed the first rated R movie I ever saw. It's rated R because it's like one sh- brief shot of her breast. So, of course, wow. scandalous. Whoa. I know. Your head exploded. Wow. It really did. And then he also directed The Great Stakeout with star- co-starring our white whale, our psych white whale, Emilio Estevez. Oh the yeah! Remember the Breakfast Club? We've not yet, we've not yet gotten. And oh, hang on! You thought that was it? No, there's more. There's but wait, there's more. The iconic 1983's War Games with our dear friend Ali Sheedy. Yep, that's right. Oh my gosh, there's so many connections. That's so crazy. I love all the Batam connections, and I I love it. I love that he directed these. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Recently, I kind of discovered something new about myself, and that is that if I get up and I work out first thing in the morning, I feel better all day. I have a better head. I perform better work. It's just really good for me to do to sort of get that energy out. And it does. It makes every day better. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially when we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do. And until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I talk about this all the time, but my experience with therapy and why I think it is valuable is that it helps you kind of fortify your relationship with yourself. It helps you understand yourself a little better. And that way you kind of know if you need to make changes, maybe why you do things the way that you do and how you can maybe find a path to changing something, especially if it's something that's not good for you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It's very easy to use. The app, you download it, you're signed up in no time and they tailor the whole experience for you so it's as safe as possible, which I think is the key to getting the most out of therapy is to feel safe and trusting with a therapist you're with. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash pineapple. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros and they're truly custom made to order hair care because I love it. Switching to a custom routine from pros was one of the best things I have done for my hair and the results I'm seeing just keep getting better. I absolutely love their products. I have always found it like I have to mix and match or in the past I'd have to mix and match kind of brands and hydrating versus volumizing versus color protected, you know, all that stuff. But with pros, it's so simple. It's so easy. My shampoo and conditioner, I use a hair mask as well from them. And it's that easy. And the packaging, which you guys know, I am a sucker for very cute packaging. It's beautiful. I love it on my countertop. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. Pros asks you about your zip code, eating habits, damage level, exercise, and more. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every wash. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in case I change up my address, my hair color, or even my diet. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free, which you know is very, very close to my heart. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you are not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. You will be though. They will take the products back, no questions asked. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash pineapple. That's pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pineapple for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Okay, Tim. Maggie. Are you ready to dive in? Margaret, I'm ready to dive in. I have my um, I have very notes professional too. notes all on my pull up on my iPad, and I'm ready to go from the flashback. Hit it. 
Hit it. Okay, ready. Cold open. Young Sean, young Gus, and their super nerdy friend Dennis visit the SBPD to, visit, uh, to see Henry. They tell him that they saw a UFO, and of course, Henry does not believe them, stating it was just a weather balloon instead. Cut to present day when weather balloons are actually flying around the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Psychic prediction. I got to say, um, I got to point out, Henry is in is rocking the super sexy uh, black shoulder holster, a la um, Lassiter. He is, actually. Which is probably where Lassiter got it, knowing, having known rookie Lassiter, having known, which we see in, I think it was an early episode where um, we could see rookie, or no, it's maybe it's, it's coming up. Oh, yeah, Pol- we do. It's Polarizing Express, maybe? I can't remember. Col- but, Polarizing um, Express, I think, it's coming up. Where they had to tie my hair black because it was already going gray, and then Lassiter's got the cop stash. Oh, yeah. And we could see, we could see Lassie in his, um, in his little uh, rookie blue uniform. Yes. Cannot wait. That one, oh yeah, that's the one I think uh, we want to get joms for. Okay, cut to present day where we watch a lawyer named Kessler doing some work in his home. Suddenly the house begins to shake violently and the TV flickers. He goes for some pills, but there aren't any. And that huh? gentleman is played by Charles Martin Smith. Oh yeah. Who um, was, I think, one of my first exciting Sutton Place celebrity sightings. Uh, seeing Charlie in the bar at the, of course, at Gerard's and me recognizing him because Charlie was in American Graffiti and one of my favorite movies, The Untouchables. Oh, Mabel. Mabel, do you have your favorite pineapple toy? Oh my God, that's the cutest thing ever. I love it so much. I love that story. Did you see the tail in in the back of the shot? She's also great. I see her. I see her. Hi, Mabel. He asked. That was was my Charlie. um, I love that story, by the way. So just then a coworker named Toby arrives with more work and refill on the pills. He asks if he noticed any commotion and Toby declines. That's when a light appears from the sky and a vessel of some sort lands on the lawn. A slender figure comes out and Toby walks toward the light as Kessler pleads with him to stay. By the way, those effects were very, in my opinion, very cool. Very, very cool. They were pretty groundbreaking for our show, certainly. Yeah. The next day, Lassiter, Juliet, and Henry arrive at Kessler's home. Lassiter is apparently taking his Sean frustrations out on Henry by locking him in the car with his windows slightly down like a puppy. It's very cute. Speaking of the car, uh-huh. there's a, a there's a massive ch- shift here. We've said goodbye to Lassiter's oh, yeah. cranberry. Yeah. What I'm, color? What color is this one? I'm rolling up in the in the in the uh, navy blue Crown Vic. That's right. It's navy. That's right. Which was not happened by accident. I actually lobbied for the change in the color of the car. And of course, Wait, we, went with, uh, we went with navy blue to bring out our eyes. Oh, duh. Of course you did. And yes, I doy. meant to tell you. I can't. Doy, after all these years, I cannot believe I did not say thank you for that. Thank you, Tim. You're so I, I got your back, Max. You, you, know you were looking out. You were looking out all the time. So a little insider insight. On the pilot, you and I were walking out of a building. I wasn't in the pilot. Shit. Oot. Sorry. Doy. Sorry about that. Doy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's still it's still so shocking to me. I've blocked that fact, yeah, that painful fact, out of my memory. It's all good. No, I'm just giving you shit. But tell so me there was what? this episode called "The Pilot" that you were not in, and Lasseter was walking out of a building to his car, and Michael, the director, just really arbitrarily, there were two cranberries. There was the cranberry and there was a blue one, and he said, "I oh, just take the red one." It was all I could do to not to just like gasp, because I, obviously I wanted the blue one, but because it was the pilot and I was. New to the job. I didn't want to make a fuss. And so I just right. kept my mouth shut. But it's stuck in my craw for now five seasons. That Because the, the, the Cranberry Cranberry was just a little boring. Yeah. The hiatus between uh, four and five, I sent Steve, Steve and Henzi pictures of 
a couple of police departments were trying to use charge. They, they were moving to Dodge Chargers. Mm-hmm. And like, so I sent them pictures like super souped up, sexy um, Dodge Chargers in police colors for various ones. And I was like, hey, I think Glass needs something a little, a little cooler. And then they, uh, God bless them, they finally listened to my my pleadings and we kept their Vic, the Crown Vic. But I, was, but I, but I finally I like got, I got, a, I got a little cooler. I like Nothing it. wrong with the Merlot if you're into if you're into a Merlot. Merlot. Color. Okay. When Kessler tells them he saw an alien snatch up his coworker, Lassiter and Lassiter and Henry obviously dismiss his theory immediately. Sean and Gus arrive and are instantly intrigued by Kessler's story and decide to take on the case. Henry warns them that it's a bad idea, but they decide to help Kessler anyway, promising they won't let their love of UFOs affect their services on the case. So the boys start to analyze the property and notice signs of possible UFO activity. I must interrupt. Before we move to that, while Lassiter and O'Hara are exiting Lassie's new um, awesome, it's actually, it's not even navy blue, it's a royal blue, if you will. It's the same color as my new my new mic guard, my, yeah. my wind guard, which I have waiting for you still. You're, yours. I know, I got to get it. Um, so uh, there's, a new, there's a new first. O'Hara is obviously in an oceanized blue top, but you're not in a pantsuit. You're in a, you're in a skirt. Mm-hmm. Which I, I wear occasionally, but I like this one a lot. I like this one but a we, lot. We and hadn't, I don't think, it was the first time, I think it was a, a show first for um, O'Hara being like, what would you call, so it's not a pantsuit. Is this called a skirt suit? Yeah, no, I've worn skirts on the show before. I just, uh, I liked this one because it was like, it was a little sharp. It had a sharper edge to it than the other ones I've worn. Your season five wardrobe for O'Hara was really, um, Solid. Up to notch. Yeah. We, it got very tailored. It was very nice. I also noticed we were all wearing our sunglasses, which I... Oh, it's, it, no, yeah. Yes. That's in my notes. It's a season five first double aviators. Yeah. Season five first double avi- aviators for last year. Yeah. I loved it. And I like my my ponytail too. I liked the ponytail. I love the ponytail. Your hair was... Everything was you, everything was firing on all cylinders for yeah, hair look-wise in this, in this season, and especially this episode. Thank you. I liked it a lot too. I think this is one of my favorite looks. Like this is um, the season five on, I think. Oh wait, I think it's next season. My hair is short. Anyway, Kessler tells them that Toby's car is still there and despite being brand new, will not start. Classic UFO aftermath. Sean and Gus go to visit their old nerd friend, Dennis, who is now very hot and married to an even more gorgeous woman named Molly. Wait, I had to go back. The flicking that they did to try to keep each other on point and not go down the UFO thing was hilarious. Hilarious. The second Molly leaves and Gus creepily admires her. We're now at uh, Dennis's house. Yeah, we're at Dennis's house. Okay. Dennis, we should also say Dennis, played by Freddie Prince Jr., who is an old friend of Dulé's. We were very lucky to get for this. And he is so funny in this role. Like, I thought he did a really good job. Okay. Dennis brings him to a hidden room that is complete with Battlestar Galactica and Star Trek memorabilia, along with a sci-fi style computer setup to track UFO activity. Dennis tells them how exhausting it is to put on a front to his wife. And when Sean asks if it's really worth it, he replies back, have you seen my wife? (laughs) Because for those of you who haven't watched, his wife thinks he's a big jock. So he's um, been hiding his nerd-like tendencies. Yeah, for he, doesn't, years. he doesn't want her to know. So he's got the secret UFO room, a nerd room. It's very cute. Um, there was a very fun um, psychic premonition in this during this scene. Yeah, what? Where they're talking about how um, Dennis has given up his nerd ways, and there's a whole rack of, of clothing, and he makes a reference to um, 
it's where he this nerd room is where he can go to like if he wants to like, track UFOs or do whatever or sew a new Renaissance fair costume. So the psychic, the weird psychic connection was I watched this episode on Saturday, and where were my daughters? They were Ren Fair because Ren Fair is, is, is in oh my it's god, I love it. In so I, both my girls were at Ren Fair while I was watching them reference Renaissance Fair. How funny! That's so cute. Which any other show, I think that's weird, but not for Psych. Not for Psych. Not for Psych. Totally on brand. Okay. After Sean and Gus tell Dennis about Kessler and Toby, Dennis hacks into the National Weather Service's computer and pulls up the satellite image from the exact moment, place, and time that Toby was supposedly abducted. Then breaks into an asthma attack. After seeing a weird orb-like aircraft over Kessler's house, both Sean and Gus admit they think Toby was abducted, and Gus calls Kessler uh, to tell him they believe his story. Not long after, when Sean and Gus arrive at their office, a news report comes on, and Kessler mentions he saw a UFO and that Sean and Gus are supporting him. Sean answers the phone when it suddenly rings, picks it up without even saying hello, and automatically telling his dad that they are on their way to the station. When they get there, Henry tells them that Kessler has a history of psychotic episodes. He once claimed to see a giant panda in his kitchen and several years ago claimed to have seen a UFO. When Sean and Gus state that Toby is still missing, Henry points to Toby, who is sitting in one of their conference rooms. He explains that, uh, that when Toby's car wouldn't start, he called a cab and went to stay at his parents' place overnight. He overslept, and that's why they couldn't find him that morning. All of them go into the conference room to hear Toby's story. Toby states that he was there the previous night when Kessler began ranting about strange lights and sounds. He explains that Kessler is acting crazy because he wasn't properly taking his meds. Toby asks who's going to be taking over Kessler's cases, and Sean and Gus crack a few jokes. However, while they are listening to his story, Sean notices a strange mark on Toby's arm. After Toby finishes explaining things, Sean and Gus excuse themselves and walk out of the conference room to discover all of the officers in the station snickering quietly when they walk by the two. This, I believe, is the scene that you're talking about, the psych the first. The Papa Bear. The Papa Bear. I think you're correct. Also, I have a couple things that I wrote down. One of my favorite lines was uh, when he goes in to meet Kessler is, Roy, may I call you Phil? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather <laughs> also, you didn't. Jeff Garrett is one of the writers and producers on our show. Jeff, we are, we literally, that's one of the names of, uh, that's the character we're talking about throughout. It's right. very good. It's very good. We love when we do that. Um, and when they offer, anyway, Sean tells Gus that they will never investigate another case that involves one of their childhood obsessions unless there is ever a Pop Rocks murder. Lassiter <laughs> comes up and makes fun of them. You and your little dance. Okay. Obviously, Luck of the Irish and Futon Kill Me Now. Yeah. Obviously, I, get, I now got the dance in my body. Really prepped you for this moment. Like, really prepped now, I you know, for Now, I know moment. you're going to ask, was it choreographed? No, Maggie, that was not choreographed. That was all me freestyling. That was improv? That was just you freestyling on the spot? That was wow. me just all those years of dance class in, in my theater degree. Wow. I'm very impressed. I'm very, very impressed. Um, I did write down Lasseter dance. <laughs> Okay, Lasseter makes fun of them, asking how they feel now that they are a walking joke. Sean taunts him back, but Lasseter is too overjoyed and begins to dance away from them. Gus points out several things and tells Sean he is he still believes that Toby was abducted. He just didn't tell the truth because he didn't want to hurt his reputation at his job. So Sean and Gus head back to Dennis's secret nerd room to analyze the signs of abduction. Sean develops, I, yes. I do got to say, I th in the I think it's this scene. Lasseter's tie has um is it's a striped tie. It's like it's like either black or navy blue with shades of Pepto pink. 
Pepto time to drink. Ding. It's it's our first um, Pepto drink in a long time, and I think it's one of the first time Laster has been in. in well, no, I mean he's worn red ties before when he was when he was taking Otto Harris, um color schemes. Right. But this was at first like full on shades of pink for on Laster that I, I do recall. I like it. Sean develops a new theory that Toby tried to embarrass Kessler since he has now been given all of his cases. Okay, the guys spy on Toby outside his firm wearing sci-fi-related disguises. They swipe from Dennis's nerd closet. It was so freaking funny. Much to their surprise, Toby suddenly sprints off. Toby is able to lose them, but he calls Sean's cell phone after realizing it was them behind him. Over the phone, he admits that Kessler was telling the truth, and he asks them to meet him in front of a hotel in an hour. Later, at the hotel, Sean and Gus wait outside for Toby's arrival. However, Toby's body suddenly lands in front of them, apparently the result of a suicide jump from the roof. Gus points out that suicidal tendencies are a sign of abduction. After um, his body lands on the, on the ground. Yes. Because it's psych, there's the smallest amount of blood ever. Possible. It's, uh, it's almost yes. like he, he stepped on a, on a ketchup pack. It's, as you said, the littlest, the littlest small possible. It was quaint. Uh-huh. Some products are just worth not going for the cheap alternative. If you ever get nauseous, you know you'll do whatever it takes to feel normal again. And I don't mean using pills that make you drowsy or cheap sweatbands that just press on your wrist. There's nothing worse than when a product says it's going to do something, but when it actually doesn't. When it comes to relieving nausea, our next partner is the real deal. Our next partner has an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating in over 100,000 satisfied customers. So you know they're a brand you can trust. You've got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea, vomiting, anything associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. And now you can use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a relief ban. So if you just got those accounts refilled, put that money to good use and fix your nausea problem for good. Whether you need everyday nausea relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. Forget the days of nausea pills that make you feel groggy and exhausted. It's like the name says, relief ban is legitimately a brand you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. And you can change the intensity depending on how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. I can tell you firsthand that relief band actually works. If you travel and don't bring your relief band with you, you're making a big mistake. You guys know I talked about it on here a lot. You guys know I had vertigo last year. It was the only thing that would give me relief. And you guys know I like to have a few drinks. You know, I like my wine and I can just throw on my relief band and the post hangover nausea is gone. It really does work. Guys, sometimes I wear it when I'm sitting in like a back, like the backseat of an Uber and I'm texting because sometimes that makes me a little carsick. Anyway, it really works. So with summer travel around the corner, if you want the best way to solve your nausea, check out Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer for the psychologists are in listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code pineapple, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. That is a huge discount. So head to reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code pineapple for 20% off plus free shipping. When someone is just exceptionally good at what they do, it could be a server at a restaurant, a chef, or a doctor, you know you're in good hands. It's like when you see a server balancing five trays of sizzling fajitas on one arm, you're confident in them. When you find the right doctor, you can feel it. You feel heard and at ease. On ZocDoc, finding the right doctor that's right for you is seamless. 
The quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. ZocDoc is the only free app, you guys, it's free, that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you're not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all of your energy, ever. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash pineapple and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. It is that easy. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash pineapple. ZocDoc.com slash pineapple. All right, Toby wired all of his money, $500,000 to a charity just before his death. Henry tells them that they can't be hired on the case because they are known as the village idiots. Sean asks everyone in the station to raise their hand if they agree, and every cop does. Although I was, I do, and then I don't. But, you know. Anyway, so on their way out, Sean snags a few pieces of papers, one of which is Woody's report showing that a strange object was caught inside Toby's stomach. Okay, at the coroner's office, Woody tells them the object was a flash drive, but it is now in Lassiter's possession. As Sean leaves, he tells Woody to stay creepy. Kurt Fuller at the top of his <laughs> so good. Woody game. Yeah, so good. Uh, back at the SBPD, Lassiter shows Henry his crap list, which I wrote down hilarious with the people who have wronged him over the years. And just as he takes Henry off, and he, immediate, he immediately puts him back on. And then Which on the crap can, list, this will hmm? probably be a, um, a fan question, but I'll get to it now. The crap list was, I mean, it's all my handwriting. So I sat down and I just started writing names of, of like some of my closest friends and co, past coworkers and, um, and crew members. So like Marco's on there, Garth is on there, <laughs> Marco Sanchez, Nick Schwartz. Oh my God, hilarious. My dear friend, Nick. All your friends. Talking. Um, My favorite is Tyne Daly. <laughs> Tyne Daly. <laughs> That's cute. Olympia freaking Dukakis. Oh my God, was that was... So that was that was actually scripted, the Dukakis line. Oh, I have one of May my... May she rest in peace. May she rest in peace. That was a very, very funny line. That gave me a big laugh. And Dulé saying when the boys get caught in the nerd room by Molly, Dennis's wife, they have to like sneak out really fast and act like they're playing like foosball. And she's like, what are you guys doing? And he's, and Freddie Prince, I think says, Freddie Prince Jr. says, you know, oh, you know, guy stuff. And they all start talking these dark, deep voices. And Dulé just turns around and goes, steak. And I it's think one he, of the he also throws things. in a cigar. 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 Steaks. You know, cigar. cigar. Steaks, cigars, you know, man stuff. Anyway, very, very funny. Okay. It is revealed that Dennis hacked into Lassiter's computer to grab the flash drive at the same time Lassiter was trying to extract info from the drive. The drive, can, oh, because Lassiter's computer starts to, to go crazy. The drive contains legal documents related to a textile company that was responsible. Yes. We have a season five first. What? It's the first Dobson. Oh, I love it. Because Lassiter yells, because his computer's on the fritz, he goes, can I get somebody from IT over here? Dobson, come help me out. Huh. So it's the first, we haven't had a Dobson in a long, long time. Love. No, we haven't. The drive contains legal documents related to a textile company that was recently responsible for a major chemical spill that Kessler believed to be intentional. Sean and Gus go to the town where the spill occurred and find a vehicle that is a machine that sends sonic vibrations into the earth in order to find oil. From this evidence, they determine that the textile company did purposefully plan a chemical spill in order to drive residents away so they can keep the oil for themselves. 
all of a sudden a bright light appears in the sky and the boys start screaming and running. It's revealed to be a helicopter from the textile company and the boss holds Sean. There's a pretty good second premonition in this. Okay. So after um, Sean falls out of the the vehicle that's been pounding on the the ground, he says, I feel like a bobblehead because he's so um, machinated. Uh Uh-huh. But the second premonition is he became a bobblehead. You became we a actually, bobblehead. We're actually I became bobblehead. a bobblehead. Yes. Both the boys became bobbleheads. Yes. We're actual bobbleheads. <laughs> that's so funny. That's a really good one. I did not think that's where you were going with that. <laughs> when the copter lands, the guys find themselves in a warehouse. It is here that Sean tells them what he thinks their evil plan is. With Kessler on their heels, they paid Toby to help discredit Kessler. Toby began having second thoughts and they killed him. Just when we think Sean and Gus are about to be shot, Dennis comes into the room pretending to be a delivery guy. Suddenly, he pulls out his nunchucks and tries to disarm the guards in order to save Sean and Gus. And he does a great job at first. Then Julia and Lasseter burst into the room and take the criminals down and Lassie tases Dennis. (laughs) But another um, psychic connection. Yeah. Sort of. Insider insight connection to Batum. So the the UFO we revealed, spoiler alert, was a helicopter. Well, it makes sense we got John Batum to shoot this because in 1983, he had a huge hit with the Helicopter movie, Blue Thunder. Uh-huh. That's right. About a rogue, um, not a rogue. It's about a um, a militarized police helicopter. And the movie starred the great late Roy Scheider, who I did a film called Seacuss with. And I've, I've I made a, a TV show called Seacuss with. And I've told the story before about Roy's the one who taught me how to do, um, how to speak on camera. I've mm. told the story, right? Yeah, you have. Yeah. Because we were, we were in the submarine capsule. And like, like you do on, on television shows, we're in the submarine. And me with my theater degree, I'm I'm hitting the back the back road. He goes, "Hey kid, you don't have to project. You got a microphone taped to your chest." <laughs> I used to do better road shatter back then. And I looked looked, looked down to my chest, went, "Oh, <laughs> thanks, Mister Shatter." Like I had no freaking idea. That's a good impression of him too, by the way. Uh, it used to be back my, when my voice was a little lower. I used to, be, I used yeah. to be better, but but thank you for that. There's a fun throwback when um, the CEOs got the gun prior to O'Hara and Lasseter coming to save the day. O'Hara mostly, the boys make reference to um, the, when they say, you know, the, the cops are going to be here any minute because, uh, and Sean says, I'm like, um, it's a very meta moment. An evil CEO who's very uh, Stephen Lang-esque. Uh-huh. And of course, we had our, we had the great Stephen Lang on. Yeah. But I, have- but I love that they kind of, because this guy's got kind of like floppy gray kind of curl. Kind of like no, what I got similar. walking right now. He's got some sort of floppy gray curls. He does have floppy gray curls. He's Not unlike the he great slang. Okay, back at the SBPD, Sean and Gus gloat about being heroes again and, and, and do a celebratory dance. Then as a result, Henry reluctantly gives them another job. In the end, Sean and Gus visit Dennis with their new lawyer friend. He even tells them he may have seen Bigfoot and of course, all of their ears perk up. That's when Molly comes in, but with a turn of events, reveals that she's seen every single episode of Battlestar Galactica multiple times and she's a nerd herself. Then Dennis and Molly passionately make out and Gus loves it. <laughs> Tim, that was our episode. Wow, we really podcast the shit out of that. The last couple of podcasts, I forgot to bring this up. I need to give a shout out and thank you to our amazing psychos because they never let me down. Remember in the uh, Luck of the Arash episode, I would... Brought up my, my friend Patrick Thornton I was looking for, my old bartender from Molly Malone's. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I, and I give a shout out to if anybody in Chicago knows this actor to track him down. Of course, because you are amazing, you people. Somebody sent me a link to um, the place in Chicago. He's now he's now a, an acting teacher. Shut so up. So I sent, I sent them an email and uh, we used to email back. And on Saturday morning, we had a 45-minute ch- catch-up chat. 
So thank, thank you all for uh, reuniting me with my old friend, Patrick. Aww. Are you Psychos serious? Psychos come through. I'm totally serious. Psychos oh save God, the day. I That's why that. I knew, I knew if I, if I have anyone could find me, it'd be y'all. It'd be uh, all y'all. I love this. Uh, wow. What a great, that's such a cool thing. You put it out there and the psychos, I mean, did we ever have any doubt that the psychos wouldn't like, but still I love, love, love that. You know how many um, doubts I had? I had zero doubts. Zero doubts. Okay. Tim, if you had, or for both of us, if you had your own undercover nerd room, what stuff would be in yours? Oh, if um, I had an undercover nerd room, I mean, I don't know, is painting nerdy? I would definitely... I'm very like techie. Like I love wires and stuff. Like if I'm being a total, like no, you are, you are the one who like whenever I can't hook up something audiovisual. Yeah, you're the person I would call to say, and "You go, oh, I know how to do it." And so you would, you are a super techie nerd. But I so feel I like it should all- be. It's that, but it should be something kind of like nerdy that we're very into that maybe people don't know that we're like into. Like, what would be a subject? Is it like aliens? Is it like What's a nerdy subject? I don't even know. I feel like nothing I mean, is nerdy anymore. Like everything I guess it is- would be, um, yeah, not, I mean, everything's so acceptable now. There is no sort of like nerd distinction anymore, but I guess it would probably be like an original lightsaber from, from Star Wars or- um, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Or a, or a Stormtrooper. Um, yeah. A Stormtrooper costume, because it yeah. was so, um, it was such an iconic movie growing up. Yeah, I like that. I have to think on mine a little bit more. I mean, I'd probably go space. If there was anything, the moon and stars and stuff like that. I'd probably have like a bunch of space stuff. Um, you would have telescopes. those stick on stars like you did on your scene in your, yeah, in your childhood I'd have the bedroom. Yeah, the, the stick on stars. And, and one of them just circled to be John Candy. John Candy. Our hardcore, our hardcore listeners know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Okay, what was your favorite scene to film for this episode? I mean, whatever scene we were in together. <laughs> I would heartily agree. <laughs> the drive up. Would it be the very first scene with our aviators? It has to be that. Double aviators, yes. Double aviators. Okay. I like that. All right. It's our double aviators. Okay. Would any of you be fooled if you saw an alien abduction in real life? Who says I haven't? (laughs) The perfect response. I'm just thinking to myself like, no. Um, I have a friend who works at like SpaceX. He's always sending me like the rocket launches. Like I live stream them with him because I like to like see what's happening. But, Jesus, again, more nerd stuff about you I never knew, Max. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like a big, so whenever I, yeah. So any space thing, I mean, I will stay up. I will literally, if I know like an eclipse is happening, like if there's a lunar eclipse happening but it, and it's at 4 a.m., I do not care. I will literally get up, go outside, and I will watch the whole thing. I'll so I need to send you my, my pictures of the spa- of the um, the Mars rover that I got to see. When I, I have a friend who works at JPL, so um, I took a, John, John and Kat are also big space nerds. So we, we got to do a JPL visit one day. Oh, my God. I love that. I love I get, that. I'll send you my, Mar- my Mars rover pics. I love that. I got to see this. I'm so into it. There's another question. Okay. And it's you already answered it. But okay. yes, was Lassie's crap list actually Tim's writing? <laughs> I thought it was going to be, was it my freestyle dancing or was it choreographed? <laughs> because it was so good, it must have been professionally choreographed. Yes. So psychos, you don't know this, but I am in like massive tooth pain right now. So we're going to sign off and I'm going to call my dentist. <laughs> because <laughs> <And> I... <laughs> some badass had not one, but 
two root canals the other day. And I don't know what's happening, but I don't think this is supposed to be happening. So um, look, I get I get laughing guys just to get my teeth clean. So I could not put up with one, let alone two root canals on the same day. I did a pretty good job, I thought, but I I, I like they I I'm I'm totally fine. Like that stuff, that part doesn't freak me out at all. I just am like, make it go away. So, but I'm more just like anyway, Tim, I love you. I'm so glad I got to see you. This love week, you, bye. Such a nerdy and cute episode. Loved it so much. We will see you next week, Psychos, when we talk about season five, episode four. Chivalry is not dead, but someone is, with one of our favorite psych writers, Andy Berman. We love him so much. As always, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologist Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. Plus, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologist are in for full video episodes of the pod and more, even a chance to be on the pod. And we're getting very close to Motor City Comic Con. If you want to podcast the shit out of it live with me and Tim, Check out MotorCityComicCon.com. Get your tickets now. We need you, psychos. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.